Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. This morning, we're going to get into the Word of the Lord, and we're going to pick up where I left off last week. We have been talking about the um, five ifs of 1 John, and I've gotten through four of them. Four of them. We left off, uh, we left off last week with the, uh, with the boastful if that blasphemes God, if you remember that. And if you don't, guess what? It's online. You can go watch it. Uh, But we talked about the boastful if that blasphemes God. And I just want to say this about the boastful if. You know what the boastful if is? The boastful if is people that say, I'm good enough. I don't need God. My friend, you need God. Because all of sin comes short of the glory of God. Everybody needs a Savior. And the only one that ever died for you is Jesus. That's why Regine is here. Regine was a Muslim. And when I looked at her and I said, but Regine, who died for your sins? She immediately converted to Christianity. (laughs) And I, I, I smile when I say that, not because I think it's funny, but because it's so true. There are many great and good religions with a lot of good things in them, but who died for your sins? We need a Savior. Can you say amen? We all need... You're not good enough. You're not good enough. If you were good enough, Jesus would not have had to go to uh, Calvary for your sins. So we're going to get into the word of the Lord. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures as I go on here. We're just going to get right into the message. I want to talk about the the fifth if. And the fifth if is that if that assures us of complete forgiveness and complete cleansing and remission of our sins. Because we can know that every sin we have ever committed is indeed washed away. We can know that. We can have assurance in that. In fact, the Bible says this, and I'm talking about not just baptism in Jesus' name. I mentioned that just a few moments ago, baptism in Jesus' name, and how important it is to be baptized in his name. Uh, and I'm not going to reiterate all of that right now. I've said it many times in many sermons. Uh, but not just baptism in Jesus' name. And I am not going to ask for a show of hands, but I wonder how many of us have ever sinned since we've been baptized. <laughs> I can tell by the chuckles and the looks on people's faces that we are all guilty of having done wrong even after we had our sins washed away. What hope is is there for us if after we have been baptized and had our slate washed clean that we should rise from that place only to fall again and enter back into sin, sometimes lasting, sometimes battles, sometimes momentarily, sometimes a one-time occurrence, sometimes a struggle over and over again. All of these very things happen to us, but the Bible assures us that if we will confess our sins, this is verse 9 of 1 John, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My friend, we must acknowledge the fact that we have problems. Go ahead and clap. That's all right. Because we have problems. 
There is not a one of us that rises from the baptismal tank and walks the straight and narrow without ever falling or failing or going off to the left or going off to the right. And what do we do at times like that? The hardest thing to do is to confess it. Have you ever been so ashamed you don't even want to, talk, you don't even want to pray about it? You know it's in, the, in your mind. It's in the back of your mind. You're praying. You're praying for this person, that person, revival, the church, all of these great things you're praying for. And then we get down to you. Do I really need to bring this up? You know how hard it is sometimes to vocalize what we struggle with, that we hold in our hearts? I think I'm talking to somebody besides me. The things that we hold in the places of our hearts that we don't want anybody to know about. Thoughts we have, things we do, actions we take. Who knows what they are? They are things that are sometimes done in private. And we have all of these things. And you know how hard that can be to, in prayer, in the presence of God, speak those things? I want to encourage you to speak those things. Because there is something about speaking it that opens your heart up to God and says, here I am, every rotten piece of me. Take a look. Can you cleanse this? Can you wash this? Can you help this? Can you help me? Can you see what I'm doing and what's going on in my life and set me on a different path? My friend, something happens when we speak it to God. And so I encourage you to seek complete forgiveness because if you confess your sins, he will be faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Talk about it. I can't emphasize it enough. Say it. As hard as the words are to come out of your mouth, Speak it. Doesn't have to be in front of everybody. Doesn't have to be testimony service. <laughs> it's got to be between you and God. Between you and God when you vocalize it. That's if number five. You think I'm done? Five ifs of first John? I just did number five. You think I'm done? No, I'm not done. I've got bonus ifs. <laughs> I've got bonus ifs, and I want to talk to you first about the first bonus, bonus if that I want to get across here today, and that is the bonus if of spiritual healing. Spiritual healing. People in this world need spiritual healing. They need their spirits healed. Their spirits are messed up. Their spirits are distraught. Their spirits are leading them and guiding them into dark areas of life that their flesh has no business being involved in. But their spirits are messed up and we need spiritual healing. Go ahead and clap. That's okay. Don't worry about anybody else. You feel the clap, you just do it. Praise God. They'll, they'll follow you. You be a leader. If my people... I consider myself part of his people. I may not be the best. There's greater people than me in his kingdom. I heard one preacher say, and I agree with him wholeheartedly, there are some people when we get to heaven and God starts handing out rewards, I don't want to be anywhere near them. 
<laughs> to see the rewards that are handed to them and the little bit I'm going to get for what I've done. But forget that. I just want to be there. I don't care who gets more reward. I just want to be there. If my people who are called by my name, what's his name? How do we get called by his name? Get baptized in his name. When I was born, my mother picked the name Richard and she picked the name John. And my last name was picked by my father. And so my last name is Frank. Until I got baptized in Jesus' name. And now literally, my name, although this world knows nothing about it and so I don't use it, but my name is literally Richard John Frank Jesus. How many of you know we adopted our third child? Everybody know that? Our third child was adopted. Her name was uh, Jessica Benoit. That's who she was. Jessica Benoit. We adopted her. Now, when we adopted her, and this, is, this has nothing to do with anything uh, except this was personal to our family, um, they thought it was good, the adoption agency thought it was good when this child wants to completely change their name because that means they really want to start over again. And she wanted a complete name change, and together with the family, uh, we picked out Elizabeth. And that's a beautiful name, by the way. We love Elizabeth. Uh, and her middle name was Anne. She went from Jessica, I don't even know what her middle name was. I forget to Elizabeth Ann, but most importantly, didn't matter those first two names. What matters most importantly is that that last name changed from Benoit to Frank. Because when it changed to Frank, she inherited all of the blessings that God has put on this family, all of the, uh, all of the goodness that God has brought us through. She inherited it. She got it. She was identified with it. She became a different person. She lived in a different place. She had different family. She had different everything. Oh, yes, yeah, she still has contact with the old family. Yes, she still has brothers and sisters from another family. And yes, I still have people in this world that I reach out to and then I'm connected with, but this is my family right here. This is my heavenly family. Because I've said it many, many times. I think I said it already, and I'm going to say it one more time. I was born Richard John Frank, but when I got baptized, I took on another name, and it wasn't Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It was Richard John Frank Jesus. That's who I am. And now I belong to this family. And now I'm part of you. And you are part of me. And I've taken on new characteristics. Can I just go off on this for a second and tell you something? Do you know how many times I have looked at my 19-year-old grandson, who is her son, and I have looked at him and I said, do you realize if it weren't for me, you wouldn't even be here? <laughs> You would not exist if it weren't for me. Not because I would have killed him. But if I had not adopted Elizabeth, she would not have married Joe Villalobos. If she had not married Joe Villalobos, she would not have given birth to Isaac Villalobos. 
or Jalissa Villalobos, or Maya, or Jocelyn. You realize how powerful this understanding is? Do you realize what has changed in your life because you were bought and adopted into a new family? Do you realize what change took, what different direction life went and things happened and people came into your life that would never have come and people are born in the spirit that would never have been born in the spirit if you had not been adopted by Jesus Christ and purchased by his blood? Do you realize the difference your life would have taken? Go ahead. And I say this jokingly to Isaac, but I'm not saying it jokingly about Jesus. If it weren't for me, you wouldn't even be here. But that is so true about Jesus. If it weren't for him going through. Now, I had to drive all the way down to Mississippi to get her and sign documents and go through all that. Jesus had to go to Calvary to get me. And if he had not gone to Calvary to get me, what would have been different in my life? I got a feeling, number one, I would not be here. And I shudder to think where I would be because I would be dead by now. Thank you for adopting me into your family and calling me by your name. Richard, John, Frank, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the living God. We need to be born into the kingdom of God. Bonus if number two. Number one, we need to have that spiritual healing. We need to go back to what worked, to what our fathers used, our spiritual fathers. Bonus number two, and I'm going to end and wrap it up with this one today. Bonus number two is the if of rational thinking. How many of you ever done something or know somebody that has done something stupid? And everyone that has a teenager said, amen. (laughs) Rational thinking. Some people do not think rationally. And so they do stupid things. And I'm asking you just to reason for a moment. Reason. Because I want to, especially you teenagers that are here, if there's any teens in this, in this building today, I don't know if they're in Sunday school or if they're in teen, I don't know, but just listen to me. In fact, it's all good for all of us to listen to. But young people, listen to me for a minute. Rational thinking. Think it through. Where does the decision I'm about to make lead Because there are no decisions that die out this evening. They give birth to new things. And the road you're walking down, I have told people this many, many, many times, and I want you to listen to me. I don't care how old you are, but especially young people, listen to me for a moment. The road you're on goes somewhere. And though the road you're on right here looks beautiful with the mountains and the valleys and the rivers and the streams, and oh, isn't this glorious where I am, you need to look where the road goes, not where it is. Good 
because I have driven down some beautiful roads that did not end up in nice places. And you need to ask somebody who maybe has traveled that road before, where does this lead to? Because they can tell you. My friend, get off this road as soon as possible. It ain't a good one. It looks good now. And I'll tell you something else about the road you're on. You can see other people you know that are doing very well on the same road. And their life is okay. And everything they're doing works. But what you don't know is this. They are on the same road, and they are at the exact same place as you, except they're headed that way, and you're headed that way. They're coming back from where you're going, and they can tell you what's down the road. You ought to turn around while you got a chance. This is some good preaching. I've been down the end of this road, and it weren't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be on the road I'm on now, heading back to where I belong. Turn around while you got a chance. Just because you see people you know doesn't mean they're headed in the same direction. Praise God. And I've told people this all the time, and I've warned people about this. Other people are doing it. Yeah, but they're doing it going that way. Are they going the same direction as you? Because what you need to look at is where this road ends. Not where it is or how beautiful it is. Rational thinking. I'm going to read a story about four men who used rational thinking and were greatly blessed as a result of it. Now there were four lepers at the entrance of the gate. They said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine in the city, uh, the, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we're just going to die here. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians, and if they keep us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we're just going to die anyway. We're going to die anyway. You might as well try Jesus. Your life's messed up anyway. If he doesn't fix it, you're no worse off. <laughs> we might as well try church for a little while. If Jesus kicks us out, we're no worse off than we are. My life's a mess now. It'll be a mess without. Might as well get in church and see what happens. Rational thinking, huh? This world is messed up. It is messed up. Not only is it messed up, but it is headed for complete destruction. Sooner or later, there is going to be a third world war. This, what's going on in Israel, is just the beginning of what is going to be taking place, the Bible tells us, are the last days. People in this world have got nothing to lose. They might as well try Jesus. If people were smart in this world, they would look at what's happening around them and say, well, in this world over here, in this mindset... There's riots and death and murders. In this mindset over here, there's debauchery and disgusting grossness. In this mindset over here, there are wars and factions fighting against one another. I might as well try Jesus. If it's that bad, 
come for that reason. I might as well give Jesus a try. We used to sing that old song. Maybe I'll sing it at the end. If I can remember, if I can think of the chords. I'll figure out the, how about I figure out the chords? No, I'll call Brother McCoy up here. He'll figure out the chords in a second. Not yet. I'll call you one. They went down to the Syrian army, and they discovered the power of God already at work. My friend, if you will just step out of where you are and try something. If you aren't praying, try praying every day. If you're not faithful to church, commit to becoming faithful to the house of God. If you don't lift your hands in worship, try it. What do you have to lose? Your life is messed up anyway. I struck a chord with Phil just then. He just <laughs> I, I, my life's messed up. I don't know about you. My life's I, I'm messed up. If it weren't for Jesus, <laughs> if it weren't that I sought Jesus' face every day, man, you, I'm not even sure you'd want to know me. You'd be a, you, if I didn't seek the face of God every day, and I just let my flesh and my mind and my thoughts and my ideas take over, you wouldn't be sitting in these pews listening to me talk. <laughs> Praise God. They went down. They said, what do we got to lose? And they went down, and they found the miracle-working power of Almighty God. And they realized how blessed they were and how God had provided and met all of their needs. And then their rational thinking kicked in, and God helped Maranatha Ministries to have this kind of rational thinking kick in with us. They sat down and they said, wait a second. What is wrong with us? We have all of this blessing. Anybody been blessed just in the service today? Anybody felt Jesus just here in this place today? What is wrong with us? How can we come here and enjoy the blessing of God and not let others know that there's a blessing to be, to, be, to be beheld in the kingdom of God, in the service, in the singing, in the worship? There's a blessing to be held. How can we go out back into this world and not invite somebody to come to church with us? Rational thinking. Has it blessed you? It'll bless somebody else. Why don't you mark it down right now? Before next Sunday, I'm going to invite somebody to come to church with me. Maybe they won't come. They went back into the city and said, hey, you're not going to believe this, but they've all left and they left all their goods there. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of blessings down there. Somebody had to say, I trust you. Let's go check it out. Sure enough. Sure enough, the prophet was right. There was an abundance. Sooner or later, you're going to find someone that will trust you. And say, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to come to church. And let me wrap this up by saying this. When they come, don't you dare sit there too afraid to raise your hands because you're afraid what they're going to think. When you bring your friend to church, don't you dare cringe because Vicky's stepping out of the pew again. 
Don't you dare cringe because Bob looks like he's getting wound up over there. <laughs> he can't do it now, but I remember the day we had pews in this church. Bob was, do you mind if I tell this story, Bob? Bob was down here on the altar. We were praying for him. God hit him. He got so pumped. He wanted to, he, he had to expend this energy somehow. He looked around and he was packed in with people. He couldn't move until he turned around him and he saw the whole row of pews. Nobody sitting in them. He jumped up on the first pew and jumped over the backs of them all the way to the back of the church so he could just worship God. Ever since then, we've made room for him. <laughs> Don't you dare clap less than you normally do because your friend is here. Don't you dare not raise your hands as high as you normally do because your friend is here. My friend, show your friends why you come. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.